0: Hey guys, and welcome to episode 30 of Underrated, a show where we look at films we believe are underrated, generally disliked, or simply forgotten. I'm your host, Gabriel Green, and I'm here with my co-host, James Hamrick. How are things going, man?
1: Pretty good. Pretty stressful. College is stressful, but, you know, this is uh, this is my way of coping with all of my tests and homework.
0: Yeah, film is always there. <laughs> uh, it's been a little bit since we uh, last recorded. I think the last time we talked was on someone else's podcast. We got to join Chad Hopkins over at the Cinescope podcast to talk about the return of the king. And now we've done episodes on all three Lord of the Rings films with him. Uh, So go check them out. They're a lot of fun. So uh, this week is uh, my pick. And and, uh, we're going to be looking at The Maze Runner. Uh, But before we move on, uh, I'd like to ask you if you enjoy this podcast uh, to please just take a moment and go rate and review us on iTunes. Um, It would help us a lot. And we would be very, very grateful. And before we get into the main topic, uh, have you seen any cool movies this week, James? Uh, it's
1: been kind of a slow week in terms of movies for me um but i watched two that i really one of them is just constantly quoted i think the other is more obscure but is very much the same style uh, i watched this is spinal tap for the first time and mm-hmm. it's funny because it's one of those movies that i've never seen but like know all of the quotes too so as they happen i'm like oh yep yeah, I, I hear that one yeah i hear that one and it, it's pretty hilarious i'm not gonna lie it's I definitely understand why it's consistently quoted, why people consider it like just one of the funniest movies of its time. Uh it the tone it strikes of like just just believable enough where it's not completely ridiculous but ridiculous enough to where it's not taking itself too seriously. It's it's just really really funny with really funny characters and really great performances.
0: Yeah, I want to check that out. I've heard a lot about it.
1: Yeah, it's great. And then I actually uh, watched earlier today, waiting for Guffman, which is also a Christopher Guest film, and I think this one's even more obscure than this is Final. Uh, this is
0: Spinal Tap. Is is it a, a a mockumentary? Yes. Okay.
1: But I I actually found it even funnier than this is Spinal Tap. Christopher Guest, honestly, if I watch more of his stuff, he's gonna become one of my favorite actors because what he does. With he has this incredible ability to not just do an accent, but just become like a completely different persona. Um, I forget his name in this is Spinal Tap, but he's he's this '80s rocker who's past his prime, and he, it feels like it. It's not just him putting on this British accent. He it feels like this is exactly who this is. So much so that whenever I watched him in uh, Waiting for Government, I couldn't believe it was the same person. Because in Waiting for the uh, Government, he plays this over-the-top flamboyant drama teacher. But he plays both parts to perfection. It's not just accents. It's like little mannerisms, physicality. Like It's two completely different people, but they both feel entirely real. Like, it just comes so naturally to him. And his comedic timing with both characters is just flawless. So, if you can, I would recommend watching his movies because they are hysterical.
0: And I've been over here frantically looking up who the heck is Christopher (laughs) Guest.
1: I I didn't know who he was before watching these, but
0: Count Rukin from Princess Bride. Okay,
1: he's in Princess Bride.
0: Yeah, he's he's the evil um, the six fingered (gasps) man.
1: Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, I guess that is him. Well, he's he is hysterical. Uh, Waiting for Guffman um, is about this man who is like praised by this local town the small town in missouri is like this uh, theatrical genius and his plays are ridiculous uh horrible production quality and they are waiting for this i guess manager or whatever from new york who's going to come in and watch their new play and they're hoping to make it in broadway it's it's so funny you definitely owe it to yourself to go out and watch this movie it's really really great
0: nice so is that all you've seen
1: yeah, that's all I've seen this week.
0: All right, this week's been pretty fun for me. I, I got to, I've seen like four different films in theaters uh, since we last recorded. Uh, so I went and saw Life, and I, I I enjoyed it. It's very tense and scary. Um, the acting and direction are really good. Um, but it it never really becomes great. And something that happens in the ending really really irritated me. Um, it just felt out of line with the rest of the film. But overall, I think it's it's solid. Yeah, you were right about the that alien. Um, This has some of the most disturbing horror deaths I've ever seen. (laughs) I mean, like I'm just cringing remembering what happened to one person in particular. Uh, It's 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 horrible. (laughs) Um, So it's it's a really good theater experience, I think. Uh, But overall, just aside from a couple great ideas and scenes, it's it's kind of forgettable. But I think it's it's like a really good solid matinee film, worth definitely worth seeing. But not like a, a top 10 or anything.
1: Yeah. F- for me, like I, I do think there are certain moments in the first half that do kind of achieve greatness. That one death in particular sitting in the theater. I, I couldn't believe what I was saying. It's weird. I can handle gore and things like that, but this was like, I feel like I now know what audiences in the seventies felt like during the burster scene in alien. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just sitting there with my jaw like this, this is unnatural. <laughs> this is, um oh but i I do think that it's a it is a good film but it's it's forever gonna live in the shadow of alien just because of its similarities and and not even just in the shadow of that i think really really well done sci-fi is is starting to become more prominent in theaters and i just think there's better movies out there and life is kind of gonna get lost i don't really think we'll be hearing anything about it you know a year from now
0: uh, and then I saw uh, Rupert Sanders' Ghost in the Shell, um, and I really liked it. I, I have no prior experience with the anime, so I'm just judging on what it was as a film, and I, I liked it. I, it's very, very gorgeous. Um, every shot is just like exquisitely composed the use of color and depth and just co- the sense of composition he has, which was also in his, uh, pre- his previous film, Snow White and the Huntsman, which isn't great, but it's very beautiful as well. Um, what I liked about this is it's just a very it's an intelligent sci-fi film that has the action you would want in, a, in a, like a sci-fi action film has the great ideas that makes you think. And there's, these also there's interesting concepts and questions about humanity and technology and its place in our lives and all that. Um, I also like the cast. Scarlett Johansson is really good as this kind of cold robotic character, uh, similar kind of to, uh, Alicia Vikander's character in Ex Machina, but, uh, Also, she also has her own kind of spin on it. And you just kind of see like the slivers of humanity inside this Android character. It was really interesting. And then just the vision of the future was just always intriguing. And it's just a film I just enjoyed watching because there's always so much creativity going on. Uh, Just a a really solid, respectable sci-fi action film. A lot of people didn't like it, but I I quite enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, that's actually pretty high on my list of films to see. Uh, I also haven't seen the anime. But just the trailers, it looks really interesting. It, it's it got a big kind of Blade Runner vibe that I got from the trailer, at least in terms of just like the cityscape and the visuals and everything. Um, you know, Scarlett Johansson's a great action actress, so she's proving. Um, yeah, I, I just think it looks pretty cool. I definitely plan on checking it out.
0: And, and then I saw uh, the new Power Rangers reboot, um, <laughs> which shockingly to me, especially is that I kind of like this movie. It's uh, what I enjoyed so much about it is that it has solid characters and not only that it's allows us to spend time with these characters, which is the problem with so many action films and action reboots and remakes is that they assume just a couple of interesting traits and that a good mystery should get us involved. But if we don't care, we don't care. And, this film knows that and the director, Dean Israelite, just let us spend a lot of time with these people, getting to know them, seeing their flaws. And I like that it wasn't afraid to start them out as kind of unlikable. And it makes them earn their heroic status they have in the end. So it, even with all the problems, it has, and it has a lot of problems. I was, never, I was never bored. I was always enjoying myself and engaged whenever I was just spending time with these people. And that's like the best thing a film could ever do. Uh, Israelite is not a very good action director. Um, I think just all the big CGI action is really generic and often shot too close up. And the editing and pacing, as, as much as I liked the first half, was just weird and awkward in some areas. Just like it would go from a scene to a scene, or something would just happen that didn't feel like it was set up or earned properly. And so that was just kind of irritating. But overall, I just had I had a good time watching it. I mean, it's not a great film, but it was just a perfectly enjoyable film that I. I had a good time watching because I liked all the people involved. And I just, I think, way better than anything based on the source material has any right to be.
1: Yeah, I I really hopped on the whole, this is going to be the dumbest thing ever crowd. And I keep hearing that... You mean, you that mean you, the whole world? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> me along with, you know, 7 billion other people. Um, but I keep hearing that, you know, pretty much what you're saying, it's, it's pretty fun. Like, there's... You don't have to, like... Tra- it's okay to kind of have fun with movies like this I'm like you know what maybe I will go and check it out I may not end up seeing the theater but I'll I'll probably end up renting it and end up liking it more than I care to admit
0: yeah I don't know how much like lowered expectations influence how much I enjoyed it but I, I think it, ha- it it's not uh, completely without uh, its qualities and uh, there was a, a local theater was showing uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure <laughs> and I haven't seen that so I was like what the heck everyone talks about it so I'll go see it and uh, yeah, the '80s was a weird time.
1: <laughs> it was a simpler time. I don't even know if
0: I can say that. It was.
1: Different. It was a weirder time. Yeah, that's. that's
0: um, this strikes me as the kind of film that a ten-year-old boy would like watch over and over on VHS and just fall totally in love with. And I, I didn't love it. I, I. It took me a while. I, I was kind of irritated at the beginning, but I kind of slowly discovered its charm. And I, 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 I kind of see why, if it catches you at a younger age, this, is, this can kind of become a classic with you. Um, I still think Keanu Reeves and whoever the other guy with are just really, really bad. And that, that was one of the reasons it took me so long to get engaged. But uh, it, it, the movie does have its charms.
1: Yeah, I actually watched it for the first time last year and thought really similar things where, had I seen this at, like, a really young age... I would be watching this movie every year because I would have that nostalgia. But because I saw it kind of later on in life, I was like, "Yeah, I, I see. I see its charm. It's it has definitely has its funny moments." Uh, as as bad as the two leads are in it, I do think like I found them humorous. Even whenever I was rolling my eyes at the movie, <laughs> they were just endearing characters, I think, uh, and fun to watch. So it, it's. I do think it's kind of quoted more than it deserves, um, <laughs> but you know, like I said, it wasn't a part of my childhood, and I'm sure I quote movies from my childhood that yeah. had I seen later in life, I would have been like, "What am I doing?" It's so.
0: very intentionally structured to be quotable. It, it hammers these quotes into you, so whether you want to or not, you will remember them by the end. Yeah. All right, and uh, actually, one more thing. I've been uh, uh, marathoning through the Star Wars Clone Wars series recently, and I'm really liking it. Um. It started out pretty rough. I mean, first the the first movie, the Clone Wars movie, that kind of is the the uh, the pilot, isn't very good. And then as the as the first season goes, there are great episodes, and then there are like awful episodes. It's like, why did they bring Jar Jar back? I mean, who thought of that?
1: It's it's George Lucas actually. <laughs> Watch the behind the scenes okay. features.
0: that the makes people, sense.
1: The developers, the main developers, didn't want to do it.
0: Okay, that makes sense. And then so there are great episodes. There. are. Lame episodes, but what annoyed me the most was there was like there was no sense of continuity. Just there were so many single episode arcs. But then as it got uh, went farther on, especially in season two and now season three, where I'm in, it's getting longer arcs. Just diving deeper into the characters to where now it, I, it has some fantastic character work, and I'm really excited to go on. So it's definitely worth watching. Just kind of muscle through the first season.
1: Yeah, I actually binged through that. I finished it. I think January of this year. Uh, I watched episode one, then episode two, then I finished that, and then I watched episode three right after. And I, I actually think episode two, I, I know a lot of people think episode two is worse than episode one. To me, that's crazy. But I think that episode two and three, coupled with the Clone Wars series, is a really cool arc over this, this clone war. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels really fleshed out, uh, way more than just the movies by themselves. And like you said, there is really great characters in that show. Ahsoka Tano is awesome. She started mm-hmm. out so whiny and annoying in my opinion, and now I've just grown to think she's like top ten favorite Star Wars characters for me now. Yeah. She's really, really
0: great. Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited to get to Rebels, right? Here she comes back. And another thing, even with with the smaller episodes, I like how occasionally they'll just have a like a single self contained episode that'll take inspiration from a certain genre or a certain movie like the like the Magnificent Seven episode or uh, like a Saving Private Ryan episode. And it's just kind of fun to, to see Star Wars kind of take on these different mini genres.
1: Yeah, it's it was just a really, really fun experience. I would recommend that show. It's probably my favorite animated TV series now. Uh, yeah, I, I'd recommend it to everybody. It makes you look at the clones in a completely different
0: light. It's Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. All right, is there anything else you want to mention before we move on?
1: I did think of one last movie that I saw, and I have to change my opinion. Uh, I I watched Pacific Rim again. Watching it again made me like it more and Kong less, because I realized that Pacific Rim is everything a modern B-movie should be.
0: <laughs> I told and you.
1: I, 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 I don't know what my—I still—I under. I guess I understand some of my hiccups with it before i still think charlie Hunan is cannot keep his accent he's he's really bad with his accent and yet i still really like him in the movie um and i you know i kind of i guess i got over the monster designs because i'm not a fan of like half of the monster designs and i still kind of bummed that a lot of the action takes place in the ocean just because it slows movement down to a halt. And to me it's so obvious because when they actually get into the city and they're using boats as bats and stuff, <laughs> it's just it's that's clearly so much better. So why'd you set so much in the water? But even with that aside, like God, it's cool. I've, I've been re-watching the old Godzilla movie, like the really cheesy Godzilla movies, and one of them, I forget the name of it, but it has an incredibly similar plot to Pacific Rim. And so after watching those and then re-watching Pacific Rim, I'm like, this is this is what that that is. This is a modern version of those. And I think what it, one of the biggest things that made me realize that I like this more and Kong less was people would say that Kong, you know, is everything that B movie should be. Sure, the characters are bad, but you know we're here for monster action. I don't expect depth or real arcs from my B like monster movie characters, but I expect them to be entertaining. <laughs> you know, Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson—they were just so bland. There's no real depth, like real arcs. Maybe you know Idris Elba and the Australians. You know they they have a real arc that they follow, but most of them are just there to be entertaining. And I honestly would love to see a Charlie Day Ron Perlman off (laughs) because Ron Perlman's character is one of the greatest ever. And now I've been binge watching through Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and Charlie Day is hysterical. So. It it has great characters, really fun action, makes me feel like a kid again. So just to add that, I forgot to add it to my list, but I did watch that again, and I have to admit that my opinion of it has changed.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's this perfect live action cartoon, I think. It's, everything is so ridiculous and goofy, but it never breaks its tone. So it it just once you accept it, it just becomes amazingly epic. Like Stacker Pentecost is one of the great characters ever.
1: He gives a speech that rivals Independence Day speech, and that alone is worthy to be called a great movie.
0: Yes. Is that all? Yes, that's all. All right, let's move into our main review for The Maze Runner. The Maze Runner was released in 2014. It was based on the book of the same name by James Dashner. It was directed by Wes Ball on a budget of $34 million and it grossed $348 million, so ten times its production budget. And it stars Dylan O'Brien, Thomas Brody-Sangster, Will Poulter, Kea Scodelario, Amila Amin, Ki Hong Lee, Blake Cooper, and Patricia Clarkson. It was written by Noah Oppenheim, Grant Pierce Myers, T.S. Nolan, not, not that, Nolan. Uh, and it was shot by Enrique Chediak. And the score was composed by John Pesano. And I'm going to let you read a brief synopsis, James.
1: Thomas is deposited in a community of boys after his memory is erased, soon learning they're all trapped in a maze that will, will require him to join forces with fellow runners for a shot at escape.
0: All right, uh, so this is uh, my pick, and I'm just I'm going to start off talking about it. Um, I kind of love this movie. and I, I know it's... I think a lot of people just dismissed it right off because it's a um, it's a YA adaptation. Um, but I, I, I was a fan of the book when I watched it. And every time I come back to this movie, I'm, I, I'm always just seeing something else in the filmmaking. I'm going to get into all that. It definitely has some issues that are just that, that carries over from its source material. These YA books often have <laughs> pretty core problems. But uh, for my money, I think this is almost – perfect as far as just a cinema as the cinematic execution goes um and it, it was west ball's directorial debut and i i think it's just such a confident and well-realized film that's just bursting with this personality and vision that he brings to it Um and i'll be getting into all that later on but but uh, this is your your first time watching so i'm gonna let you uh, talk what did you think about this movie
1: i didn't hate it um what's a start <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty much what i had expected um it's really hard for me to enjoy YA films. When we get to our <laughs> our problems with it, I do feel like most of my complaints are going to be you know narrative issues, which is really on the source material and not so much the filmmaking. Uh though I do I do have a few for that, but it it wasn't a waste of money. Um <laughs> because I did have to rent it. And yeah, it was it was a fine movie. Wow, I'm, I'm high praise! Just, just <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, uh, an interesting plot enough that I will probably end up seeing the sequel.
0: Oh, you're gonna have to because I'm going to bring it on <laughs> later sometime <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's. Just, I'll, I'll let you start. What, what, were, what were some of the things you liked about this film, <laughs> if any? Okay.
1: I I do have some things that I do like about this. Um, part of it is just I guess to talk about a a uh, bigger thing as before getting into the smaller things that I like the plot itself is intriguing enough. You know, we have a lot of YA films and they all have their own thing. This one, like the idea that you have this essentially this community of only boys and they, they get a new arrival every so often. And it kind of comes from this, this cage that you expect things from. And there's this giant maid. It, it's interesting, you know, um, and it did a lot of other cool ideas. The idea of runners going out and mapping the uh, the maze I get I, you know drawing it out as they go through it. I thought that was actually really cool because one of my issues with some of these YA movies and really just a lot of movies outside of that genre, but ha- that have similarities, is that you know the protagonist is the newest edition, and they come and they meet these other people, and everybody there is kind of content. And just like no, we don't do that. Then uh, bad things happen if we do that. They're just, they, they're content in staying in their situation. So the idea that they're like, hey, we we're trying. We've tried everything we can. We still have runners going out and doing this. We're not we've not completely given up hope. I thought that was kind of cool. It was a it diverges, no pun intended, from other <laughs> YA films and. Uh, and one of the ideas that I did think was really cool and I really wish they focused more on was the idea that they had already had the entire maze mapped out and they, the sending out the runners has essentially become a show and that it's, it's really only to give hope because, you know, it would collapse without that hope. I wish that the movie spent more time focusing on that because I did think that that was a really cool idea how how so just um the idea of you know if if that's the right thing to do you know is hope necessary is it going to if you if you continue to give this false hope to a community could that you know hurt the idea of making the community itself there better would it be better to just let everybody know that hey We've we've got this thing, this whole thing mapped out. We don't find anything else. It looks like we're gonna stay here, and I understand though the point of it, keep morale up. But to me, you could almost say, well, if we're gonna focus on living here, let's not try to make this temporary. Let's. I I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure what I myself am saying about that. But it to me it just feels like there's there's opportunity to to talk about that to discuss because it. To me, it's a really big reveal. The idea that, yeah, we've already gone through the whole thing. And I feel like the whole idea is summed up and then tossed away with the line where it's like, well, with you, we do have hope. And we never hear again, like the the community never hears that the whole thing was mapped out, I don't believe. Unless it was said in a line that I didn't pay attention to. But it just felt like we're told that they already know everything. And then it's like, okay, well, let's move on to this new plot. Mm -hmm. Or is it? The idea that it, the whole thing has already been mapped out was a cool twist to me, and the idea that the twist kind of came and went with no relevance—I don't know—is it, it to me it was a wasted opportunity.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I had read the book beforehand, so I never viewed that as a twist, and that's actually never kind of stuck out to me. That's interesting, uh, but for me, actually, I, th- I think that's also that's a, a big positive. I I like how, as with these uh, most of these YA films, obviously the protagonists are young adults and i like how we're thrown in with these essentially they're, they're older teenagers and they they still have a, like kind of the, the boyish sense of fun and kind of in, and youthful energy but they're kind of forced into the situation where they've had to grow up fast and i i love just like the, the, there is, there is a sense of history to this place essentially thomas is our is is our uh kind of viewpoint. We never leave his point of view. He's so he's sent up knowing nothing just like us. And we kind of just learn alongside alongside him. And I love the sense of history as a, as a Albie's character, the leader was telling him just about, you know, the dark times beforehand. they never get into it, but we just like, we see there's a wall of names with like a lot of them just scratched out. And we just know there's a history of like death and suffering to where they finally forged a, like a fully sustained community, and I thought that was a, it's really cool to see just a community of guys who, like the troublemakers, have pro- probably died. <laughs> so you have a world that, that works, and and then Thomas comes up, and then the the game makers, which is a phrase from 100 Games, but you know the outsiders start manipulating and breaking the status quo that you know the status quo that has kept them alive all this time, and now we have like the reactions of the different characters. Like just, do you try to maintain the status quo that we have, or do we have to just risk everything and try to make one last attempt to break out? And I, I I just, it, it, you're right. It doesn't deeply explore them, but I don't think that's what this film is. This film is a thriller and like an action horror thriller. So I don't think it needed to explore these ideas. I think just kind of pointing them out and just allowing the characters to wrestle with them and then move on was, was enough.
1: I guess one of my problems with that is I don't feel like the characters really ever wrestled with them um but you know that aside one of my issues actually was that when he came the the glaze didn't really feel lived in I I'm I'm not sure it's weird there's nothing really technical about it that I can say well this is the reason why it felt like it felt very scripted, like we were coming out and this man was saying, oh, this is this guy and he does this. This is this guy and he does this. This is... It didn't feel like we learned about its history naturally, like in a, in a natural way. It, it just... It felt like we were being fed just what is what was clearly like exposition. It didn't feel like we were meeting these characters and learning what their roles were. And I, and I get that he is introducing him, so it is kind of his job to say, hey, this is this but to me it kind of went to the point where it was it wasn't even just him introducing it to him it was him saying to the audience like this is this guy this is how long we've been here this is what we like it it felt very much like exposition as opposed to being introduced to this place and learning about its history in a in a organic and natural way
0: (laughs) that's another place for me just because i I really love how how we're introduced to this world. I, I I like how... I think that was another element of a fully functioning world where they have a system in place to kind of just come around these new people and introduce them into the world in a, to become a functioning member of society. And I, I, I like how the information was parsed, parsed out. Like, a character would come, give him a little bit, and then another character... Then they would hand him off to another character to take care of him for a while. And because he really... Someone's come out of a, a tube... With total amnesia, they don't know that you know their name. You don't just say, "Oh, hey, we're in a maze run by some psychotic maniacs, and there's monsters out there too." And all this, you don't. I mean, you're gonna freak the person out. So I, I did like how they kind of slowly parse the information out in a very. And you said it, it felt kind of like scripted. I think I think it was. I think that was intentional on the part of the filmmakers and the gladers that <laughs> they are trying to slowly get this person into it. Uh, so uh, that was something I enjoyed, and uh, I guess one one of my big positives. I think, as I mentioned, just West Ball's direction. This is such a uh, as, I, uh, as I said, a confident film. And like before, we even get into the action scenes. I love how we just craft the tone and feel of this movie. This is first off, just the sound design, which is what we start out with. We open up in darkness, and then we hear the elevator start up, and just these the gears and all the m- mechanical sounds. And the sound design just continues all throughout. Like, it's in the Glade, there's always just outdoor sounds. You just hear the crickets and the leaves and the wind. And it kind of reinforces the feel of this very rustic, down-to-earth community. But also, in the distance, we just hear the creaking and groaning of the maze and every now and then a monster's call. And it just gives a very creepy atmosphere that he creates. And also with the cinematography. I mean, this is almost entirely natural lighting. There's some night scenes which obviously had to have some kind of artificial light, but just the lighting throughout during the day scenes, even the night scenes, it all looks very natural and never like you see these night scenes where everything's all bright and you can see everything. There's a lot. There's a lot of use of shadow, and and I think it just adds to the atmosphere and just how the shots are composed. Whenever they're in the glade. You can always see the wall, like just just even like sh- like shot reverse shot with conversations. The wall is always in every shot in the background, and it just gives you this feel of the prison um, and I just I think uh, through the sound design through the cinematography, uh, West ball just crafts a really oppressive tone, like even though they've kind of made their society, you just know this isn't right, and it just feels off and i I really really, really like that.
1: I guess for me I never really felt any sort of discernible tone um it and it may be because the i i watched it with qual- like sound quality that wasn't of the highest um but yeah, for me it it felt I, when you're saying it felt off for me it felt the same but not in a way that really helped the movie um it seemed like the movie was trying to evoke a feeling from me, but it just didn't quite get there. Uh, I think one of my issues with it is the movie itself feels just a little bit too tame. Um, really? Yeah, it, it never, I don't know, I it never kind of did something that shocked me. Like, it, the very first time I watched The Hunger Games, because I completely dismissed The Hunger Games, didn't care to see it, finally saw it. And at the very beginning, when they all go for weapons and they start fighting, it's not incredibly violent. We don't see a lot, but I remember being like, oh, this is way darker than what I thought it was going to be. Like, we're seeing, like, legitimate action. And for this, it it never really felt like I saw it. was like, oh, man, that's crazy. Like, you know, we, we see a couple of people get stung with air and get the sickness. And again, I, I felt like the the movie was trying to make me be like, Oh, this place is eerie. Like this, it's just off. Something's not right, but it never really got there. It wasn't, it wasn't ever horrible either, which is why I say it just felt off. Like it, it wasn't bad, but it just never really, I felt like accomplished the atmosphere that it was trying to attain.
0: Okay. <laughs> Another place where I'm going to really disagree because I, I, maybe because i I've, Seen a lot more of these YA films. Um, just, I, I loved how violent this movie was. I mean, the, uh, I, I was going to call it early, but just uh, spoilers. I, I hope we didn't spoil anything yet. But just if you haven't seen this movie, we will spoil it. So go go ahead and watch it. Uh, but just well, first, just when they had to banish Ben, I love that scene. It was it was such a it's such a dark, disturbing scene and. I love how the the characters act around like it's something they've done before and they, they all know it's the right thing to do, but they all hate themselves for doing it. And just after they push him out, they all just kind of just stand there and none of them could even look at each other. And you just feel kind of like they they all kind of resent Thomas, even though it's not his fault. He's still the newcomer and Ben is their friend. So even though he attacked and tried to murder Thomas and they know that the rules say if you try to murder, murder another Gladiator, you are gone. It's like a zero-tolerance policy. You just still feel kind of the self-loathing and resentment they feel toward Thomas. I just, like, bits like that, I've, I found really uh, compelling world-building. And when the uh, Grievers finally do just all-out attack, I, I I love how just slowly each gate opens up, and there's like, no one has to say, oh, no, they, they can get in, because you, you know all the rules now. And so the film just, like, lets you exist in the fear of, like, oh, my gosh. What is happening? What's going to happen next? And then when the Grievers come in, they kill off, like, ha- half of the characters in the film. And for me, it was incredibly shocking. I, I-, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what you were expecting, but I-, I certainly did not expect this many people to go like that. And I thought I thought the film's uh, – is a, it, how it wasn't afraid to kill characters was a uh, – Huge benefit to, to uh, upping the tension and all that.
1: I, I guess for me, it was that there was—you definitely have your characters in the movie, but there was also a lot of kind of faceless people who were there just to make it feel like a community. So, and, and everybody kind of died in the same way—they just got picked up by this tail and thrown away, and it just felt like like okay, well, now they're gone, or
0: had their heads bitten off, or whatever.
1: Did I miss it? Was someone's head... Bitten?
0: Well, like, they would come and, like, tackle a guy to the side and just, like, bite down on their, as they scream.
1: <sighs> and maybe I'd turn my head away for whatever... But it, to me, it just it felt like everybody was dying in very similar ways. And because it was a community of a, a bunch of faceless people with, like, five real characters... I was seeing all like, well, I didn't even know these people's names anyways.
0: So you you go to every movie you watch with the expectation that most people are going to die?
1: Well, I mean, with YA films, uh, I I knew that towards the end we were probably going to... You you don't have that many people in a movie. If, If you have, like, a community of, like, 50 people and you've developed about eight of them, I feel like it... I kind of expected something's gonna happen, and a lot of these people are gonna go because we the movie seems to only care about these people, and there's way more than just these people. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know. Hunger Games really did shock me, and uh, for whatever reason, I, I never really felt.
0: Well, okay, well that, that's not normal for why why serious to kill to be that brutal or films in general.
1: I, I, I guess it just it it never felt it never felt brutal to me. Like, I get it that people were dying on screen, but because, you know, as viewers, we know that we're just watching visual effects, it's up to a movie to make me feel like I'm not just watching, like, extras and CGI people. Like, I'm not just watching these people who aren't real people. It's just all a movie. You know, they're getting thrown away by these bugs. It's up to the movie to make me care about these people and to make it feel real and raw and, like, scary enough to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm forgetting. I'm watching a movie. This is real and intense. But, like I said, for me, it just felt like a bunch of faceless people were being thrown around by bugs.
0: Well, I thought they did. That's one thing I noted last night while watching that each, whenever there was a death, it was never like a flash and it was gone. You hear the scream. You see the like force and brutality of the action, and then you kind of see all the characters reacting to that as a human would if you just saw like a, a guy get killed by a gigantic. Eight foot tall spider, mechanical spider monster, and so I, I actually noted that I thought it, it did reinforce the, uh, the uh just the brutality of each death and, and it didn't, it never like wrote them off as oh they're yeah, fine they're dead whatever. So that's another point where I have to really disagree with you on.
1: <laughs> Maybe I just need to rewatch it again, but
0: yeah, I, I think that might help because this is something that I, I saw in theaters and I liked it, but then just each each subsequent watch, I think there's a, a lot going on that I liked even more.
1: And then, b- before we move on to another positive... <laughs> one other area that I... It's not a, a real disagreement, but just about some of the cinematography and compositions. There were a, a couple of shots, and I understand, like, based on what the movie is, it's literally only set in a glade. You can't really make it feel big. But, like, the shot of... um, What is his name? Galley. Uh, crossing out, like, the names... To me and then immediately followed by a shot of them, like I think they're bringing thomas and it's it's one of those classic shots where it's it's just the horizon and you can it's it's hazy, but you can tell that something's coming towards the camera. Both of those shots felt like they wanted to be bigger than what they were, like they were supposed to pack this emotional punch, but for me it it didn't really, and I think one of the reasons that um that the shot of him like crossing off the names in stone didn't really feel big is because by morning, all of the faces that I've started to care about are still there. Like, I understand that it's serious for them, but for me, it's like, I was never introduced to these people. I didn't know anything about you're crossing off a name. Sure. Why? Like I, I.
0: so what we're saying is you're a cruel, heartless bastard. In other words.
1: Yeah. I, I think that, at the <laughs> end, now, but for me, I don't know. Like I said, it it just, it didn't feel earned. Like the movie is, is trying to tell me that I should be feeling a heavy weight that everyone else is feeling. But to me, it's like, I've seen this in a hundred movies before. Those were faceless people. And they existed in this film only to show us that there is a threat, like that there's these enemies. And I and I get it. That's, that's essentially the, the function that a lot of movies that I love, it, it has characters like that. But the difference was they were characters like this, this person really at the end of the day in you know x movie that i love only exists so that he can be killed off later but a lot of times when that happens i do care about him whereas it, it literally just felt like a bunch of people existed in the movie so we could have the sequence
0: i'm wondering why the heck are you go to a movie expecting everyone to die
1: but well I'm, I'm not i'm not expecting them to die but if they are going to die and you expect me to care then develop them so that i will care otherwise i'm like oh i mean yeah maybe they killed a few more people than i expected but i knew that there i knew that there were monsters in the maze and you're not gonna put monsters in a movie unless you're gonna have those monsters kill people so the second that you know that there are grievers out in the maze i'm like well of course people are dying there's there's a physical threat that's most likely not human you're not gonna put that kind that kind of threat in a movie unless you're gonna kill people it's just it, to me. It's just movie logic. If, if you heard be... it
0: here, this movie only works if <laughs> you care about people.
1: If you, <laughs> you gotta fool me into thinking these aren't just movie characters. You gotta, you gotta make them feel real, like like they're real people. Because starting most movies, I'm 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 sitting down with the knowledge that the the credits have just begun or just the opening credits have ended and I'm now watching a movie and I think it's up to the movie to make me forget that and I never really forgot that I guess is what I'm saying so whenever people were dying I didn't feel like people were dying I felt like these people who were cast in this movie to die are dying I don't
0: know that says a lot about yourself dude <laughs>
1: Maybe it does. This is I'm getting a lot of things off my
0: chest. <laughs> what were some other things? Anything else you liked?
1: Something I, I do have. There are a few other things that I do like. I don't want to sound like I really didn't like this movie. I do think it is a good movie, especially being a YA film, which I'm, I'm just really not a fan of
0: that genre. Uh, actually, before we one thing I wanted to mention. You were talking about how it didn't feel big. I think one thing that needs to be remembered is this was made on a $36 million budget. And looking at it, I would guess at least 70 million i mean it, it's for what for, for most like most mid-sized dramas like just talky dramas are given about that much money so i think what west ball did with it is pretty incredible considering the, the limited budget he had
1: yeah I, I, when that comment wasn't made so much about the quality of it it felt the, the small comment was more about the shot of like them coming up upon him after he's writing the stone on the wall it it felt like it was trying to feel serious and epic but really it was like a couple of kids walking through this green field and i'm like it's a couple kids walking through a green field it didn't feel i don't know my mind instantly goes to the epic shots of like indiana jones digging in the desert and you kind of have that It's essentially the same kind of shot or the shot even
0: only you don't have an horizon in this film
1: that's true and so don't (laughs) do a shot like that if you don't have a horizon (laughs)
0: maybe it's just a series of personal things for me what were you saying that you liked
1: okay so one of the things that i did like i like the design of the grievers i remember whenever we first saw I, i i thought i did hear like something or like what sounded like an organic living thing and so whenever we see the robot legs i'm like what that's what are they doing here and then for it to be revealed that it's just this really weird insect metal monster i was like that's a cool design they're very, they're much more interesting than I had anticipated.
0: Yeah. I, I, I love the Grievers. I think, and I think there's another place where the sound design really comes in is you hear them long before you see them. And I like how it's the first time we actually, we kind of see it. The camera is just kind of focused on Thomas and his face. And we just kind of, we just hear the, the metallic clicking and the, whatever organic sounds are coming around it. And it's, it's a really creepy scene as he's kind of hiding and looking and you see all the fear in his face as he's seeing this horrible thing. And then when we actually see them, they are pretty darn terrifying. I mean, they're just giant whatever spider things. And, uh, that, that brings me to my alt, my, like the, my favorite part of this film, which is the action. I love how West ball does action. I think I, it's, it's deceptively simple, but I mean, I, 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 I and, like I study action very closely, and it's very important to me. Like every action scene I see, I watch, I analyze, it and how it was shot, how it was built. And for most movies, I'm usually get kind of disappointed at the end of an action scene because I mean, so few directors put a lot of care or thought into them. And I think every action scene here has its own flow. It for, uh, he builds them; he slowly like introduces a threat and just builds the the, the tension an atmosphere around the action scene, then it kind of explodes into action. And when the action's happening, it's, it's, it just moves. There's every, basically every action scene in this film, I kind of forget to breathe and they're just, they're so intense and they just move. And then when they're I'm like, (gasps) it's like, I just went through an experience. And I think it's in the, in the cinematography and everything he does. like, Like there's no, he doesn't do the stupid shaky camera quick cutting. He just has these long takes that'll cover like an action and like, well, he'll run, turn a corner, stop. And you see like this quick, like two second part where the actor's just trying to think, where do I go next? And then he'll tear off in another direction. So you have like an action, an obstacle because like him thinking about where to go. And then another action in like a five second shot. So every shot has a purpose. There's no wasted shots. And so, the action scenes feel like this one flowing and just, and building, uh, just momentum. And uh, all of the action scenes, they're all, I think they're, they, he keeps a, a decent, uh, bit of variety. I'll get into some of the other ones later, but I love just the action in this film. I think it's incredibly, uh, well put together.
1: So one of the positives that I did have here was, um, I really, really like the initial maze scene. Um, I thought that the moment with the griever was way more intense than I had anticipated. I kind of did exactly what you said where I was forgetting to breathe. Whenever he turns the corner and it's not there and you think it's going to do that movie thing where all of a sudden it's going to jump out. But then it doesn't and it kind of goes on for a little longer. It was a very intense, like deceptively intense scene. Uh, I guess I, I say deceptively because I feel like as an audience I had built up my own anticipation as to what was going to happen because i've seen it a thousand times so when it doesn't happen i'm like okay well now i I am on the edge of my seat because i previously thought i knew where this was going but now i don't so i i care now um and then you know running through this giant maze and this this scene is impressive knowing it it was made on that smaller budget with all the giant mechanics moving around and them running and the fact that it wasn't just quick quick cuts of shaky cam the camera pulled out and we see them as they're trying to to or as thomas is trying to re-enter the other path that he's in but all these machines keep closing in on him and the giant wenches are falling down everywhere it was really cool scene um and then even though i didn't really emotionally care too much about when the grievers invaded the community in its technical aspects it was well done um I think it was well shot. I usually am unimpressed in like nighttime action scenes, but this did feel it felt real and it felt I don't know, not not crazy intense, but it, it just felt like I had it was surprisingly coherent, I guess, mm-hmm. for an action scene at night. Um, the only bit of action that I did have problems with was the last one. Uh one because it kind of it just felt like the movie contradicted what I had just seen whereas in the night scene you see this griever and he did what I hate it when movies do but that it's not too much of an insult for this because the Force awakens does it and I love that movie but the griever kind of they're nonstop not thinking twice about killing all these main character or all these other characters and they get to the main character and they slow down for whatever reason like they know that this is a big deal and before this griever kills Thomas, he gets hit by like two spears and he's dead. Um,
0: I think that's because he was part of. There was like a group of ten people. It wasn't just one solitary person.
1: That's true enough. That's a fair point. But the the point of that is that he dies after like two spears. He didn't die. Seen the, oh, he didn't die. No,
0: he, he he kind of he rolled over, broke the spears, and came after them again.
1: Okay, well then, never mind. Disregard that. Um. Well, then what I was about to say was pointless was the fact that in in the last action scene though I still have a complaint about the last action scene. I thought that he he did die. And so in in the last action scene they're poking him this other one with loads of spears and I'm like this guy should have been down by now based on what I saw earlier. But never mind. But even still my complaint with the last one with the last action scene is that it felt very anticlimactic. Like they see this griever... They run after him, and it feels like an entire sequence of cuts between Grievers looking irritated and kids poking him. Like, it didn't feel super intense, and the the movie that my mind went to was The Return of the King, where Sam is fighting Shelob, and it's, it's essentially just a series of Sam poking a sword at this giant spider but it did, it was escalating. You know, he's under it and now it's striking the ground with its pin. Now he's climbing up this rock. Now he's chasing him. He's standing on its mouth and it felt incredibly intense. Whereas this, it, it felt, the quality of the, the filmmaking felt like it dropped because earlier it was, the action was very tightly edited. It made sense. It was coherent. Whereas this, it felt like a shot of a griever with a spear going into it. Now a shot of a kid poking real hard. Then a shot of a griever, and then Chuck nearly falls over for no real reason.
0: Well, he's and he's then, running after the the uh, thing which was knocked out of his hand when, like Teresa hits one of the tentacle, it hits him. Yeah,
1: I guess when I was reason, no, it's more of, <laughs> to me, it was like unnecessary for the film. We've we're already we're already fighting two giant insects. We don't we we know it's not going to fall over, so we don't really need to. Pretend like we're thinking Chuck's not gonna catch it.
0: But well, I, I love that beat because it's a really cool introduction of the next two Grievers. Like we think we're winning, they finally push that one over. He he almost falls over. He looks, and then there's more. of them climbing up the walls.
1: I I, I like that shot. So it it I, I I didn't even intend on bringing that that little beat up. I only did because um I was thinking about the way that this scene does escalate the action, and that was well done. But for me, still. When the extra ones arrived, the scene didn't feel like it increased in intensity. Like, seeing them crawling up the walls, you're like, oh no, this is about to get intense. But then it went back to just being a series of, here's two Grievers now looking angry, and then another shot of kids poking them, and then another shot of the Grievers. I was hoping, you've got this entire maze, and I was hoping that there was, it was going to be like a chase, and we're going to see the intricacies of what the maze does, and maybe there are traps that the kids can exploit this time, but it just kind of all took place on this, this bridge. And it was just a series of kid like a, of shots of kids poking insects. And I don't know, it, it <laughs> never felt like it, it increased in intensity.
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I disagree. And <laughs> I love that scene. Um, I, one thing I, I, as someone who like reads a lot of his, history and war history, I love the fact they kind of form a spear wall. I, snow, there are so few movies that show actually how effective fighting as a unit in every other movie, the Romans, they'll form their, their shield wall, but instantly the barbarians break through and it's all just one-on-one fighting. I like it when they, when films show a, uh, kind of an effective unit working together. Cause that's how, that's how war really is. So I like that kind of, they have, they're forming the spear wall and holding it, holding them off while the other person's trying to open the gate. And I, I think it did escalate. Like when it had the, uh, the griever fall down the, uh, the cavern from above and like land on, uh, Minho. I, I think I thought it escalated very well. And just, I thought I, I, I really enjoyed, I mean, the reason so few films show units fighting well is because it's, it's, it, it's difficult to maintain tension. But I, I thought that, uh, ball, just the way he moved the camera, uh, I thought he did a really good job of escalating the tension. I like just, I like how it ends with all the gates just crashing down. And then he lets us just kind of exist for a while in the silence after a fight. He just lets us breathe and come down just think about what we've been through. And I I, I love that, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it wasn't bad, but to me it it didn't... Like I said, to me, I feel like this is a consistent thing that I say about the movie is that there is something that the movie is trying to get me to think or feel. And it's like... It didn't do so bad of a job that I don't come close, but it doesn't quite get me there. I'm never, I, I'm never on the as on the edge of my seat as I feel like I'm supposed to be. I'm never as creeped out as I feel like I'm supposed to be. Um, and like I said, I think part of that is just because it the whole thing did feel a little tame. Like, like the director was almost wishing he wasn't probably having to abide by these rules of what how far he's allowed to go. And so you always feel, at least for me I always felt like it, every scene except for the scene that you mentioned a little bit earlier where they they have to force Ben out that was a great scene um but that was the to me by far the most intense scene because it felt way darker than anything I anticipated whereas everything that came after it felt like the that, movie That's cuz you go into pulling. movies it's
0: expecting everyone to die
1: <laughs> no, not expecting everybody to die. But just expecting that if people are going to die, I'm going to care. And l- like I said, it's, it's a movie's job to get me to to care. To get me to forget I'm watching a movie. Because it's not that I don't, I don't care about the fact that like people are dying in masses. It's just that I'm watching this knowing it's a movie. And it's your job to make me forget I'm watching a movie. And you do that by making people feel real. And so if I don't feel attached to these faceless people who are all dying, you're not tricking me into forgetting that I'm watching a movie.
0: Hmm. Um, Out of curiosity, how how did you watch the movie?
1: It it was just... um, I rented it on YouTube and my laptop has a completely broken screen, so I connected it to my uh, TV in my room and just watched it that way. Hmm. And so I'm, I'm sure some of... I feel like I'm it's gonna be a lot easier for me to forgive some of like my problems with the atmosphere and tone because I didn't watch it in the way that I'm sure Ball wanted me to. I I didn't have like a great sound system and the picture quality wasn't great, and I I did have to pause it. And so it did I'm sure it kind of broke this mood and tone that he was establishing. Um yeah, could- So I I can be more lenient there, but even still to me. In a scene-by-scene basis, I never really felt this this oppressive tone.
0: Hmm. Uh, th- then uh, one, another huge positive I have is the acting, especially uh, Dylan O'Brien. I th- this guy could be a superstar. I think he he's uh, so kind of charismatic and empathetic and likable, but also with like a vulnerability and and fear. You see, like there's nothing there's no ego or like just macho-ness about his character. And yet he's like, he's like very likable and he's kind of, he's, he's a believable leader, but you still see every bit of fear in his face that he would be feeling if he's fighting a giant spider monster. And I thought he's a fantastic lead. And I just love how you see his mind working because that, that, that's kind of the strength of his character is that he's a very, uh, he kind of a, Makes up as he goes. He doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know what he's going to do. But he kind of he thinks quickly and acts. And I love how you can just kind of see him thinking and his mind working. And just when he's scared, I believe it. I think he's a very really fantastic actor with a great future.
1: So I read something recently, and it's going to seem irrelevant, but uh, it was about Ian McKellen was initially approached to play Dumbledore uh, after the original actor passed away and he said the reason that he denied was because a comment that the original actor had made about ian mckellen himself he said that he was on technical aspects fine but lacked i think it was like it wasn't charisma it was passion or realism or something like that and for me that's that's kind of how i describe dylan o'brien in this to me it's he never felt bad I I even had written down like Dylan O'Brien is technically fine, but for me he did lack charisma. Like I he wasn't a very charismatic lead to me. Um I don't know I and I'm I'm trying to think there were there were, um some of the to me again, I just go back to the Hunger Games, Finnick to me was a great addition. And he felt like he just exuded charisma. Um, and even Gale and, um, PETA, I feel like I, that they're real people. Their, their acting is good, but there's, there's a personality to them. And I just didn't really get any sort of personality from Dylan O'Brien. I didn't, I don't know, Like I said, I, I wouldn't, I would never insult his acting ability because I do think that he did a good job. Um, uh, so maybe it's just partly on the writing, but I never really got this kind of charismatic leader that people would have kind of rallied behind. He it just—it felt like he did what any any capable actor would have done in that in those shoes. But it—I don't know—I I didn't care too much for it.
0: For me, it's it's much more of a quiet charisma. It's not like uh, Chris Pratt, who's just. Kind of a very self confident person who puts himself out there. He's uh, he's uh, for me he's a much more quiet internal character. But I was always invested. I thought like he's he's never he's always acting. He's always doing something and do, going above and beyond in his performance. And I I I really love him. Um, I think you should watch it again. <laughs>
1: Maybe I, I do because my mind instantly went. I, I forget he's. I keep hearing rumors of him being eyed in some new comic book movie i want to say maybe it was even there were rumors about him potentially playing uh tim drake spider-man and, well i think it was i definitely heard him for spider-man but i think that i heard something about him playing tim drake and if they were ever have him as robin in one of the new batman movies and i love tim drake and i he's a very charismatic person and to me i just didn't get that from dylan o'brien he like i said he did well but I do And it felt like I, I could I was always watching him trying and it, it never felt entirely real. It felt like I was watching an actor act.
0: Hmm. And I, I, I like his, his physical performance. Just he has like this really gangly way of running and like he's trying like he believes there's a monster behind him and he's trying to grab every inch of air and ground he can to get away. And I think just the way he physically moved in the action scenes felt very real and, and like you could see the terror in his movement. Um, so that was another thing I really enjoyed. And one thing that was initially a dislike for the first couple of viewings, but then I think is moved into a, kind of a positive, was that initially I didn't like it because I thought there wasn't enough character development. But then the more I thought about it, just the more I watched how the film is done, I don't think that's a fair criticism, because think about how films normally give us character development. When a film wants to develop an action film, not a drama, but an action film wants to develop a character, what do they do? They give us backstory. They tell us about who they were beforehand and the things that happened to them that made them who they are now. So very often, the character development is not what they do, but who they were. And I think that's kind of the genius of this film is, we don't know, and we can't know. We are char- These characters all come up as blank slates. So literally, who they are and the person they are inside is how they act. And I love that, because I think watching each character, you can figure out what kind of person they are by the things they do, by how they act, by the choices they make in the film. So I think it makes the audience kind of work harder. It doesn't just spoon feed us, oh... I'm this person and my claim to fame is this and this horrible thing happened to me. And now I'm like this. I, and I, I think it gave a lot to the actors and I think all the actors did a great job or the the, the leads, the ones that matter. um, Just giving us kind of characters. It's, it's not a character piece. I, I don't think it should have been. It's not what it is. It's, it's a very tight little thriller. And as that, I liked how, how it built its characters with that very unique uh, kind of problem it had
1: yeah i think my my very least something that i really really dislike in movies is exactly what you said where development is hey we told you this is who this guy was and now look he's not that guy anymore it's like any any 12 year old can write that you can say well this guy was once bad because he told you now but now he's good and to me you, you did nothing to develop a character is exactly what you're saying where you have to understand who they are by what they're doing and how they're acting, not what this movie has just told us they were. And I do think this movie does that well. Um, the only movie that I can recall that actually I really do like the way that they they develop a character by consistently telling backstory is uh, Manchester by the Sea. Though in that case, like we do see flashbacks, so it's not even just being told. And there's a lot of other nuanced ways that the characters develop, so that's only... Only one way, but for this movie in particular, I it it wasn't really something that I had listed as a pro Oricon, um, but yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from in this aspect. We don't disagree there. Uh, I do think that we do see him kind of develop into an initial person, which is kind of funny. Like you said, they're they're blank slates. Usually, character arcs and character development is care is a character going from this kind of person to this kind of person. Whereas in this, they're literally literally gl- going from, at least in the main character's um, case, he's going from a, a nobody. We don't know his personality. He doesn't even know his name. So we're actually watching him develop into his own first, essentially, personality. Um, and I do think that was fairly well done.
0: Yeah. Um. And uh, about the blank slate thing, I, I like how, just like they're kind of grasping for whatever elements of identity and humanity like they come up they don't even have a name, and then that moment that he's not he hits his head and he remembers his name, just like the the joy he has over rediscovering this little piece of a person who he is, and then how kind of the whole community like surrounds him like almost this kind of christening um like like something they've done before they they that they kind of do with every character. I thought it was a really poignant moment Just we think about what that would mean for a person who has absolutely no identity.
1: That was a moment that I should have put down as a positive because I did like that part. Um, this whole, like, him calling him Shank and stuff. I was like, oh, but please don't stick with that. But then, you know, he hits his head and he remembers he's Thomas. I love that they did make a big deal about it. That, like, you've officially become a person. <laughs> like, we're gonna... You're Thomas now. We were trying to think of Nate, like, now you're Thomas. And the fact that in a society where you remember nothing, the, you would absolutely grab on anything you could. So the fact that the the characters in the movie treated it like a big deal was something, it was a touch that I really did like.
0: Mm-hmm. And th- this film isn't very deep, and I think that's partially a positive, but also I think I like the bits it does uh, think about, which is the uh, kind of where these characters were sent up one by one in a horrible situation, and they literally had to learn by dying every time they made a mistake. And so now they've kind of, they've come together, they've formed the society. And then Thomas is sent up and slowly, bit by bit, the status quo, very slowly is being overturned. Like first, Ben gets stung in daylight. Then Alby's taken out of the picture. Then they kill a griever. Then just things happening that are upsetting the status quo. And the, the choice is, do we risk everything and just go all out Or do we try to maintain the status quo? And you have a character like Gally, which I I, I like that they didn't make him an out-and-out villain. They gave him moments of humanity. And so you understand this is all he has. This is his world. And the outside world is horrible and terrifying, and you will likely die if you face it. So even as the world's kind of crumbling around him, his reaction is to try to hold everything together and try to maintain the status quo. And I thought, if you're going to have a uh, kind of a internal uh, problems with the group, I thought that was a very interesting way to do it. Um, they don't go into it deep, and I, I don't think they need to, but I thought it's a, it's a very uh, real and relatable way to to create this conflict, and I liked, I liked his character.
1: Yeah, he could have definitely been the, the very clear antagonist. I guess he was technically the antagonist, but only if you use the definition of like an obstacle in opposition to the protagonist, but he didn't exhibit the antagonistic qualities that I think he could have, that would have suffered or that the movie would have suffered for, which is, Oh, I'm a bad guy. I'm literally a jerk because I'm a jerk and I'm going to oppose you because the movie needed that. He had a very grounded reason for being the opposition. And, you know, I don't, I don't think his character was particularly deep, but it was deeper than it could have been. And I, I do think that the movie deserves that to be acknowledged.
0: Yeah, I like when, hero, when villains are the heroes of their own story. With him, this idiot kid who knows nothing is going and touching everything and breaking everything. I'm trying to save the world. That's, that's his mentality. It, it makes sense. All right, did you have any more positives?
1: Yes, I had one last positive that I want to talk about. There was a performance who I did enjoy enough to list as a positive that was thomas brody sangster as newt uh maybe it's because he had an accent but for what his (laughs) his lines all felt very much on point his voice does not look like it matches his physicality it's way (laughs) deeper than you think but i i i think that he was the character who had charisma like whenever he said anything like I, i was listening i cared about this character he he was the character who I was real like. They better not kill this guy off because this is the guy that I've attached myself to most. Um, just he was he was the kind of character that I really enjoy. Where it's it's confident without being cocky. Like he's he knows his role. He's introducing into this other guy. He's not like like obnoxiously humble. He he knows that he knows what he's doing, and he's a he's a second ma- or second man in charge but he is very likable just Mm -hmm. all of his dialogue the way the way he handled um the punishment of thomas and appeasing (laughs) galley i just i really liked everything they did with this character and i think the reason i noticed this character more than others was because i liked his performance the best of all of them
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i think he's really like he's he's a great second-in-command character i think he fills that function very well um And uh, like where Thomas is trying to think up the ways, he just interrupts him. Yeah, we already tried it twice. Twice. (laughs) And it's just he—he's very, very likable. I really like that character, that that actor. And my final positive, which is also I think the biggest one, is I love how tight this movie is. Um, I think it's—it's both. It's it comes from like the clever writing, incredible direction, and and also the acting. Is that. Everything has a purpose. There is not a single wasted scene in this movie. And that's this is a huge relief for YA because most of them are so bloated and full of needless melodrama and just plot, plot plots that go nowhere. Every scene in this movie has a purpose. It goes, it ends, and it leads very organically into the next scene. There is a, a sense of pacing that I I've only seen in a few other films, just where everything... Happens because the thing before it happened. It's it's and it's it's very difficult. I think there there's a sense of pacing and energy that never so it never loses you. It never bores you, and it just but it also doesn't create plot holes by forcing a situ an, an inorganic situation upon the characters. And I I think that's that's huge. And it's, there are very few action films I think that are this well paced. With, that are this assured in how they're put together with not, no wasted time, and I can't tell you how happy I am that this film did not go down the normal YA melodrama, because that, that, that's one of the identifying markers of YA is they're about teens, and teens are all about angst and self-discovery and self-doubt and romance. This film is like, no, we're not doing that. I'm giving you this this adventure. This, I'm giving you this horror thriller. And anything that does not serve that purpose is shoved to the side so we can give you this one unified experience. And that—that that is ultimately why I love this movie so much and I, wa- and I wanted to talk about it because I can only maybe name on one hand films that I think are this beautifully put together. I have problems with the writing. I think especially the ending, stuff that doesn't make sense. But I think it's like, it's literally, I have a problem with two minutes of the film and everything else around it I absolutely love because I think it's is. It's, it's basically perfect outside of that two minutes in the end.
1: So I I definitely appreciated the lack of melodrama. The fact that it, I never once saw people behaving angsty was a breath of fresh air for this genre. Um And yeah, it you definitely feel a sense of continuity in this movie. This scene happened, naturally it leads to this scene, then it leads to this scene. It's not like you know, well, we decided to put this scene here because we thought it fit in best here. It's no, this scene had to go here because the last scene affected this scene. To me, I imagine because because of that, the editing of this movie must have been fairly simple. It's like well, it was it was filmed for even from the script, it had a very structured and cohesive story. So it wasn't, well, do we want to put this in here or there? It's like, no, this scene has to go here. It has to be preceded by this one. Mm-hmm. And it has to be followed up by this one. It's a very tight narrative. Things happen, then things react to that happening. Um, this is the status quo that the movie presents us with. This upsets the status quo, which leads to this, which leads to this. Like you said, just I think a, a very tight edit. Is exactly like the best way to describe this movie. Yeah, uh, it functions as a movie is meant to function.
0: Yeah, adding to what you said about the deleted scenes, I have watched them and they are literally a repetitive line here, a look here, just things that are just shaved off. To that, 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 like it's like most deleted scenes are like full scenes. There's very little of that. It's all just minimal stuff. So you can tell this guy had a vision that he went and shot. I think that's one. I I love this director listening to him talk about how he makes movies, maybe because it's so similar to my, my uh, like sensibilities in filmmaking. So, and so just because of this film and its sequel, he is now like, he would be in my top 20 directors if I had to name them just because I I think how he understands film and how to play an audience and and give a product. Yeah. Is that all you had before we uh, move into dislikes? Yes. All right, also, here were some things you didn't like.
1: Okay, um, so I, I've, like I've mentioned before, I feel like most of my problems I'm going to bring up could very much just as easily be directed as just the source material itself. Um, And then mm. it may change after I watch the sequel. Things may be explained. But for the time being, these are what they are. One of them is that, what is the girl there for? <laughs> she shows up. I'm sure I'm going to get an answer.
0: Upsetting status quo, essentially. It was... Okay, I'm going to get into my main problem, too. Which is that this story... Okay, with, with sci-fi, and why in particular, and a lot of sci-fi films is... They originate out of a question, a what-if, a scenario. The whys often are very disappointing and don't make a lot of sense. And this is a pretty bad... uh, uh. Uh, example of that is, as best I understand, I, and I have read the books, and they they are changing certain things, which make the, the 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 crossover kind of weird. Is there's this horrible brain disease that is ravaging the planet, and so what the bad people are trying to do is study the human brain. They all the kids are implanted, and they're putting them in these situations. So they go through the whole gambit of the human experience in this situation, I guess, and in the extremes. And so that they can map out the human brain and then hopefully cure this disease. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's really dumb.
1: Yeah, that's I want to know. I I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in which that idea was pitched.
0: It's, it works a little better in the book just because the way they explain it, but yeah, it's still dumb.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that <laughs> I, I was about to say, I had that listed as a complaint, and that was one of the things where I was saying. Maybe I'll erase this in retrospect. But if that's it, yeah, I was because I was about to say.
0: But the, the sequels are sort of changing that, possibly, which I think will probably be an okay. improvement.
1: Hopefully, because one of the things I had listed was, like, what what is the point? Did I couldn't tell if the point of the maze was answered in this movie. Like I I couldn't like was was
0: I <laughs> it's, it's a very quick line and she says we sent you put you in there to map your brains essentially, which is it, it was a quick line it should have been given more focus. I was about to say cuz maybe not cuz it's really Cuz I
1: couldn't tell. <laughs> I was like I know there's a sequel. Am I meant to to not know the point of the maze yet and I have to see the sequel or am I supposed to know and I just and You know, because I do remember hearing that dialogue, but I, I was like, "Was that? Was that it?" That's that's Mm -hmm. the explanation. And and next film
0: is their next their their next trials or whatever.
1: Yeah, that's that's just weird.
0: Yeah, although actually another positive is in spite of me kind of hating that two minute ex uh, exposition dump she gives, I love how like they get out of the maze and they walk up. It's a sign that exit like seriously and then they're just walking through and everyone's dead just a really tense atmosphere and then after that when Galley comes and kills um Chuck and Ch- Ch- I like Chuck Chuck's a really nice character just like everyone's little brother people like but it was such a heartbreaking scene and just how Dylan O'Brien as a Thomas is just holding him and screaming damn it, it It's it was really moving for me and I, I love the shot as he's being dragged out by two guys, and it's like they're coming out of a dark tunnel, and then, like it's one long shot. And they come out into the light. And his whole body kind of recoils, and then he like starts turning around, stumbling and moving on. It's this one long tracking shot that has always struck me as really cool. And the score, uh, another positive I, I forgot to mention is I really like the score. I think it's, it's really tense and atmospheric for the most part. But I think when it builds, especially towards the end, I, I really love the uh, the main, main main sort of theme, and uh, John. Pesano I think is his name he hasn't done a lot else besides this in the sequel and I also love the music in the sequel so I'm really interested to see where he goes
1: yeah I, so just about the reveal is to me it it felt a little anticlimactic and maybe that's because the whole point of it was summed up in one dot line of dialogue that felt throw away but to me it, it's these kids who have abandoned this dystopian kind of area and they walk in only to find like high-tech, a high-tech control room with adults and you've learned it's all being manipulated and all this. I'm like, of of course it is. This is YA. I, it felt like it was supposed to be a big reveal. I'm like, I mean, a, a control room full of adults sitting around computers is exactly what I expected. And so whenever it's like, <laughs> dun, 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 look at what it is, I'm like, what else could it have possibly been? This is, it, it's always high-tech adults manipulating ridiculous i I don't understand why we as people are so entertained with seeing young adults in these horrible situations where they're consistently being killed but for whatever reasons (laughs) we are and we've seen that you know with all of these movies it's always this kind of shady government we're doing the right thing kind of here kind of ordeal and so the fact that they left the glade and the maze only to find this control room to me is, of, of course that's what it was it, it couldn't have been anything else
0: <laughs> yeah that, that, that is the main flaw with uh y a is great idea, not a great reason and for me i expect i i knew the book I expected to coming in so for me it's just it's just the the experience of the film and the journey more than the destination in this in this case, although this story isn't complete there more is coming and i i, I don't think that's illegitimate to say there is a sequel coming i mean if, if you have a story that takes more than one chapter i don't i think it's perfectly legitimate to say to have a journey this film is about them they're they're sent into the maze and them escaping and i think it, it works out on that front even though yes it's. Oh, I, it.
1: I completely <laughs> agree with that using a sequel as a defense that's why i defend the nightmare scene in batman versus superman so much when people say it doesn't make sense of of course it doesn't within this context there's a sequel it'll be explained um <laughs> but yeah for me just with in regards to that that one scene it, it's hard to to really say it's a complaint because one, again, it's a source material and two, of course it's, it's to be expected. That's what this is, but yeah, just with the, with the music and the, the, the tone kind of changing once again, it felt like the movie was trying to evoke something for me. And I, and I I don't think the response that I had, which was one of, well, yeah, was the one that the movie (laughs) wanted.
0: Yeah, I get that. It it definitely works better on rewatches when you, you're, you're not expecting much more.
1: So I had two left that I wanted to talk about. Um, And then one, it makes a lot more sense now that we've talked about it, knowing what the budget was, but the movie does feel budget in comparison to movies like uh, the hunger games, which,
0: which actually looks cheaper and having a hundred million dollar budget, which pisses me off.
1: See, (laughs) I disagree with that. There's a moment, even though I love the initial maze scene itself, there is a certain uh, moment in that where it, it looks like the exact same thing that happened in in a movie that I very much love which is Peter Jackson's King Kong but the dinosaur stampede where it's they are running in a green screen everything around them is fake there's a there's one long tracking shot of them running in the maze and to me I'm like that they're running in a big room with cameras that's not there <laughs> at all and then with the glade I get it it's gonna almost feel like a set just because it's such a small, small confined area. But it, it did kind of just feel like they walked outside, found a nice piece of grass, patch of grass, and filmed there. Um, I don't know. It 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 did feel a little bit low budget to me. Like it was a really, really, really high end made for TV
0: movie. I I I have to disagree. I think this film is very cinematically i love his shot choices and how he edits them together so i, I couldn't disagree more all right I, any other dislikes
1: Um, uh, my my last one um and uh I, I, well, I, it's kind of partially too. uh the first part i'm conflicted on because one of the i i wanted there to be more scenes just at the glade you know because the the biggest point about thomas is that he's like what we've said before is he's upsetting the status quo. We've, we've operated a way for like three years, and now you're messing everything up. I guess one of the reasons why I wasn't sold on the history of the Glade was because I wanted to see it in action more. I wanted to see him make the attempt to live in what the Glade was like. See, what does this place look like on a daily basis? And it seemed like once he got there, it was he does this, and this happens, and he does this, and this happens... I just I wanted to see what the glade looked like and what it felt like to live what would it be like to just live in this patch of grass knowing that there's a good possibility that nothing's gonna change I almost wanted the movie to feel tedious like I was like oh man this is this is I I now know why Thomas wants to get out of here because we 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 see how boring and not just boring but just trivial all of this feels like we could all drop dead and it would make no difference and the reason i'm conflicted on well, that
0: it, it is also because the, the 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 outsiders are forcing change you know to, as well they're not allowing the status quo and, and to that point i i i think that is one of the reasons i love this film is that i think the director knew this the the, the story is thin so you have to if you just it's it's not a character drama it's it's, it's a thriller so it, you have to keep it moving and it, if i think if it stopped it would have got it, it you would have felt it. i don't think it could stop i think it, it it's moving is one of its strengths is in that it, it as an experience i think it it holds together as that which,
1: which is definitely why i'm conflicted because like we said before it's it's a very tightly edited and put together film there's really no fat and so it feels weird that I'm kind of essentially asking for fat, but <laughs> it it I would have just kind of liked to have lived in the glade I would we we thomas doesn't need any motivation of course, like he gets there and like, hey, just we're living in this glade forever of course'm like no, we're not i'm I'm not I'm gonna go through that maze like it makes sense that he doesn't ma- really make the attempt to function normally, but there's this place has three years of history, and we're essentially only told about what it looks like and how it feels like and the way it operates i would have actually liked to have seen it in action a little bit more um and that brings me to my last one and this is not a huge this is this is a complaint i have with a huge plethora of things which is i code names don't mix i don't think we would be giving everything code names in real life like with the walking dead those are walkers no they're not they're zombies we have a term for that these are these are runners. <laughs> Those things you hear out there are called grievers. We're all called gladers.
0: We're like, it's... But, but think about when you were when you were a kid, when you created your own worlds. That, that's what people do. I mean, they're, they're thr- thrust in there with no context. And the guy had a month by himself to come up with all this. I, and he's the one who has to explain it to the next guy, then explain to the next guy.
1: Yeah, but to me, it, it's the exact same thing I had with Walking Dead, where like let's come up with code words it's like (laughs) no you wouldn't call them walkers you would call them zombies like the
0: but if they had zombie movies in the walking dead they wouldn't have all this stupid all those stupid decisions (laughs) you have to learn about them in film yeah
1: but i I guess i've always just assumed that zombie movies do exist in the walking dead i think they reference i think there's a reference (laughs) but for me it's like those aren't grie- like who came why would you come up with the term griever it's like no those those are monsters we're people we're not glad- we don't have to come up with a term that distinguishes us from everybody else because there is no everybody else we're not glad- we're we're people that's that's so and so this is so and so it's like it's a very minor but, quibble but
0: they are they are they are trying to craft an identity and a culture that be to, they are they are themselves they're trying to cr- create this world this own internal world so and they are young people, and that's what young people do. So <laughs> Yeah, like, like it's, it's, that works. one's a
1: very minor thing. But it did make me think of something <laughs> that I, I really did enjoy from Kong, which is where he introduces the monster, says they're, they're skull crawlers. And they, they look at him. Because that's my reaction to every time a movie or a show introduces us to a new codename. It's like, we call these so-and-so. I look like Tom Hiddleston and Brie Longson, I'm like, what? Why? And he's like, you know what? I've never said it out loud. You call them whatever you want. Their their reaction to John C. <laughs> C. Riley is my reaction to every time I'm told of this new thing. Where it's like, no, that's a zombie, that's a monster. Where people like,
0: what? But you, you you're bringing in outside experience and knowledge that the characters don't have. That's not that's not an organic complaint. That's your cynical, sin Sins well, movie. That, though, that, to me,
1: that's just that's that's the way people act. Like I said, like. <laughs> As bland as those characters were, their reaction to John C. Riley was to me exactly the way human would react. Would be like, "What? That's only in the movies. Like, we don't. We're people. We don't give stuff code names. We just." And so, to me, if if I met Alby and I was like the second guy, and he's like, "Those those are Grievers." I would look and be like, "What Grievers? What is why?" I don't know. Like, like I said, it's super minor, but to me, it's <laughs> it's. it's it's a complaint I've had ever since the first episode of *The Walking Dead*, and I've seen it in numerous things since. Where it's just we all know what this is called. We don't need well. This is this ver this movie or this book or this show's version of what we call them. Like I, I love the the sci-fi series uh, *Falling Skies*, at least the first three seasons, but they called the aliens skitters. I'm like, no, they're aliens. They're not skitters. They're aliens. It's, uh, I don't know. It, this is a very personal thing for me, but I'm like, what n- people don't behave that way. We don't just pass out nicknames. Don't we? I don't know. Maybe, maybe if we find ourselves in either A, post-apocalyptic world, or B, some sort of dystopian future, I may be proven completely wrong. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, anything else before we move into our final thoughts? <laughs> no, that's it. Right, I'll, I'll let you start so we can end on a positive note.
1: I'm not going to end it on an incredibly <laughs> negative note. It it was essentially what I expected it to be. It's definitely better than what YA films can be. Um, but anything that I enjoy about this really comes from the director. And I, I wasn't like hugely impressed, but I, I do have to hand it to him that it was a very tight narrative. It, it's very tightly edited. There's no wasted space. So any sort of appreciation I have of this movie does come from technical aspects and that is a technically well-made movie. The, the reason for the movie existing, the, like the, the purpose behind the maze, I think is really ridiculous. I didn't find myself particularly attached to a lot of the characters and I found the introduction of the, a female character is like, well, we're YA, we need another girl or at we need a girl. But she doesn't really serve a huge <laughs> purpose. It, I I, I, def, I, have issues with just the plot itself. And that that's because of the source material. So, Wes Ball made this a better movie than what I think it could have been. Um, he knew what was important from the story. He gave us that. He filmed wh- what I thought were mostly very competently put together action scenes. I never felt bored. So... It it's worth watching, and it's just intriguing enough for me to watch the Scorch Trials. Like you said, I'm gonna end up having to watch it anyways.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So for me, when I watch sci-fi, I'd say at least half the time I am disappointed when I get to the why. So I've learned to enjoy the journey. They're asking a question. They're give. We're given crazy worlds and crazy scenarios that we could never live through. This is an experience handed to us on a platter. And that, that's what I look at this kind of film as. And for me as a contained experience, not looked at as something that's trying to reshape the world, something that knows what it is, and just focuses all of its resources and energy into giving it uh, a, it's just fulfilling its purpose, which is to kind of intrigue and thrill and excite us and give us a, a Three course meal, and for me, I, I think this film does. And as I've, I've been praising West Ball's direction, but as someone, I, I want to be a filmmaker. Like I've made videos, and when I watch watching films, I'm always just you know analyzing the editing and thing, and why the scene follows this. And so often, when I see a kind of a failure of just you know basic uh, visual storytelling, or just when you have pointless scenes or really weird edits or bad cinematography. When I see a film that gets all of this nearly perfectly right, it really <laughs> excites me. And so I, I, I really, I, I pay a lot of attention to the technical aspects. So for me, when a film gets these technical parts, right, it's, it's, it's really fun as just watching this film is, a, and I've, I've seen it at least five or six times and each time I'm just constantly impressed by how well made it is and how I think it it definitely holds up to a rewatch. So if you, if you saw it once and you you didn't like it, I would advise you just go watch it again, get in a dark room, big TV, good sound system and just experience. I think it's a great experience, a really solid little thriller that is way better than basically every YA minus maybe a couple Hunger Games films because it knows what it is and it knows what YA should not be. <laughs> and it doesn't do that or most of it. I I admit the whys are so stupid. Just don't think about them. It's fun. <laughs> so, so just I, I think this and the sequel, which is, is similar in that respect, just go in. They're very lean, tight films. Just go in and enjoy them. They're, they're not meant to be thought about or dissected from a story perspective. They're meant to be experienced. And every single moving part is working towards that. And I love that from Ball. And I think if he can get a great screenplay and a decent budget, I, I'm really excited to see where he goes after he's finished with this series.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's my biggest takeaway is what what is he going to do with in if he's given a good script? What kind of movie is is he going to make? Because um, I, I can't really say if I like him as a director or dislike him as a director yet. I need it, I need to see a movie. I guess. I, I, want, a good plot yeah. I want
0: him to get a mission impossible film. Cause that's what these are too. They're, they're, they're experienced films that with minimal plot, minimal brains, just give us cool things. And I think that would be perfect for his sensibilities.
1: That'd be great. I would definitely go out and see that.
0: Well, all right. Um, so next week is going to be, uh, very likely, uh, I declare war. It's a very small indie film. We had on Josh Crabb from over at real world theology. He was his pick. Um, it's a it's a it's a very fun little film. We re- we recorded the uh, episode a while back. So if you haven't seen the film, I'd advise you to go check it out. Because chances are, if you're listening, you haven't seen the film. Because I don't think anyone's ever heard of it. <laughs> but it's it's a really solid little film about kids and like these imaginary war games that they that they have. And um, go go watch the trailer. And if it intrigues you, go check it out. It's it's worth seeing. And uh, I think we will come we will come back to the Maze Runner series eventually. I love this director too much not to. <laughs> so. Uh, Probably after you, after we do next episode, then after your pick next week or in week, two weeks away, we'll um, come back to this. So, probably two episodes from now. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, if you, again, if you enjoy this podcast, I'd like to ask you to please go and uh, subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. And if you want to follow us, you can like us on Facebook. We are there as Underrated Podcast. And uh, if you want to find older episodes, they are at our website, underratedpodcast.com.
1: Other ways to reach us are through email. We are podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we, we are also on Twitter. So if you want to follow us, we are underrated underscore pod.
0: And if you want to follow me talking about movies, uh, you can uh, follow me on Letterboxd. It's a really cool uh, kind of a film uh, social networking site for film buffs. And I, I usually rate and write a, a review for almost all the films I see. So you can follow me there. I'm there as Gabriel Green.
1: Uh, And same for me as well. I am there as J.L. Hamry. It's J-L-H-A-M-R-I. And like Gabe, I I write reviews for most of the films that I've seen. I typically try to limit it to anything released. I I started in 2017 in January, and I've just reviewed movies I've seen released 2017 and onward. Um, But I give star ratings to all the movies I've seen, so if you want to see what you disagree with on me i'm sure there's loads of movies i've given five stars that people hate and lots of movies i've given two stars that people love so
0: because that's what the internet's all about making people mad
1: at the end of the day if i've made you mad (laughs) so until next week when we most likely talk about i declare war we will see you next time
0: see ya